0: So, oh, you know, I, but, uh, uh, Ah, hey, hi, guy, how's it going, Ed? It's going well. I plugged in using Ethernet cable. Oh, good. Good. I think that will will... make my voice sound even more resonant. And, and, um, I don't know.
1: I think what it will do is allow Sharp you to thinkingly. allow you to string full sentences together.
0: Well, I've always wanted that. Yeah. I'd be willing to try. <laughs> uh,
1: sure. so I'm I am uh, quote writing unquote. That's my new uh, my new project
0: is Are you using quotes
1: for that? I am using some quotation marks, yes. Good. I have undergone uh, since I last spoke to you um, periods of deep uh, despair, and then relief about my novel in progress. I've done a little uh, done a little garbage collection, and then replaced some bits with some other bits that are less bad. Yeah, and uh, and that's my plan. That's my summer plan.
0: It's a good plan. I, I, I can see on your face the the, the look of a, of a of a person who's working. <laughs>
1: can you really? Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> not someone who is at play.
1: No, not I. Not I. Although I, there's a bit of me that would like to just spend the summer playing video games and not going outside at all.
0: Yeah. Well, you have to be careful. That could that could happen just as easily. Yeah, it could.
1: It could. What's new with you?
0: Um, I, uh, I, I don't know, uh, had a nice, uh, series of planning meetings going on for the, uh, triggering town review.
1: Oh yeah. Let's, let's talk we, about that. That's coming get, up.
0: It's an August 22nd, 23rd. We're getting together at my friend Sam's house, the co-producer, um, Sam Watts of, uh, the band ghosts I've met. Oh. And, uh, his, his wife has a little hair salon downstairs from there. Their apartment, <laughs> all uh, right. which is filled with uh, uh, odd odd things, and uh, we've been uh, using that as our clubhouse to brainstorm and write little script, little three, uh, three five minute bits that are going to go into the show. Nice. And uh, it's all coming together. It's, it's going to be some dry ice.
1: Oh, <laughs> really? You know, dry ice, uh, dry ice is uh, very effective on the radio. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Are you gonna? I, I assume that there's going to be an audio archive aspect
0: to this. Am I wrong? I don't think we're gonna we're gonna record the first one kind of for our purposes more than than for broadcasts or podcasts. Yeah. Um, uh, just about uh, the idea is that if we're allowed, to, if, if we can pull it off, if, if we can do our part in actually mounting the show. And if people will come see it in, any, any, in the tens, then maybe we'll get to do it again. Okay. And if we get to do it again, then we will focus more on, on making it, you know, uh, transmittable through s- such technologies we're using right now. All right. All right. Uh, yeah, the dry ice effect might be lost over the air.
1: <laughs> it might.
0: But it mightn't. I don't know. If if you can,
1: you could script script the show so that people are um, stumbling around in the fog. They can't see each other. They're wondering where they where they've gone.
0: Well, it could describe it. You know, it could be a play by play of what's (laughs) happening on stage right now.
1: (laughs) You could hire novelist
0: Peter Mountford is walking through a, a dense fog. He's not sure where he is. His his Frankenstein-like shoes are stomping. They're making the uh, mists uh, swirl and swivel as he um, uh, moves with his left foot, and then and then with his right foot. Uh, oh, know, he's using his left foot again. See, I don't know how to describe it. It's...
1: You don't even need it. You don't even need the other people. You could just, <laughs> just describe what's happening.
0: An hour and a half of that.
1: Yeah, pretty much. I would listen to it.
0: So coming together, we've got a dollar bill gag. A lot of it is centered around the figure of. of president george washington
1: oh really yeah
0: um, who will uh die and be reborn in the course of the show excellent representation on the dollar bill will be explained um, and we will even have an actual descendant of george washington in the cast really yeah who so is we're, not gonna, we're not going to say who okay we're, we're just going to say that someone in the cast is a, direct, is a descendant, no direct descendants. Is a descendant of George Washington, but we're not going to say who. Okay, okay. You know, somebody. You
1: know. Is this is this nah, going nah, to nah. be bullshit?
0: Oh no, it's not. It's not actually bullshit. But uh, I think it's more fun if uh, uh, if we say this is the person. Then okay, that's the person. This is the audience's reaction. Yeah. But if we say we don't know who it is, or you don't know who it is, then everybody suddenly is endowed with a George Washingtonness. We're ennobled (laughs) broadly through the non-distinction. Could it Could perhaps be me, the man you're speaking to right now. Could be? In former times, this was George Washington's voice.
1: (laughs) 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 So um, tell me if you know of any foods that I might have eaten at a restaurant last night that would cause me... The pain that you're feeling now? (laughs) No, and to be awake all night long, essentially. Because Rian and I... First of all, uh, Rian and I celebrated yesterday our 18th wedding anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. And we did so uh, by dining at our favorite restaurant, which has a terrible name. And that name is Just a Taste. It is a tapas restaurant. Oh, this is not
0: your... um... Your date night place.
1: No, no. I I, I guess I'm tempted to say that either could be. I think think your favorite restaurant has to have delicious food at it. I think the Viva Taqueria, our date night place, the food is fine. But um, we go there because it's familiar and the the waitstaff and the bartenders are friendly and they know us. And uh, we've been going there for years.
0: Did Uh, you have anything uh, tomato heavy last night? Your tapas.
1: There was there were a few tomatoes, bits of tomato in the um, garlic braised greens. I'll tell you exactly what I had. Here's the list of things that we ate. Um, garlic braised greens was one yeah. of them. Uh, salt cod <sighs> fritters. What are you looking at? What's wrong?
0: Oh, just I didn't want to. I didn't want to make a. Uh, uh, Face noise into the microphone.
1: The The, the infernal creaking of your face as you as it assumes various oh, yuck! Oh, oh, yeah, I'm glad I can't hear that.
0: Salt Uh, salt pork, no, no,
1: I don't think it's salt cod fritters, salt cod Cod fritters. fritters. Okay, Okay. um, uh, russet potato wedges in an aioli mayonnaise, deliciousness um uh a char- uh, charcuterie plate various types of pork related products sausages yeah. and pate and and the like Thanks. and um uh some asparagus uh, cooked in butter with with some um a little sauce on a, it a very light butter no not light it was intense butter sauce. A with light butter sauce. <laughs> it's some uh, some uh, sh- coarsely shredded Parmesan cheese on it. Nice. Also a lot some olive. Yeah, a lot of small dishes. And then we each had a glass, a couple of glasses of wine. So I don't, I don't know what's, I don't know what's key. But both of us had a sleepless night. Rian seemed to have solved every problem in her novel in progress while lying awake in bed at night. So it was actually a useful night for her. But for me, it was just unpleasant.
0: Just a night of uneasy thoughts.
1: Yeah, not even thoughts. That's part of the
0: problem. It was one it of could those. Been, it could have been that you were at the at the end. You are a character in a short story, and that was the last paragraph. That's possible. somebody staying laying awake at night with uneasy thoughts. Yeah, uh. <laughs> everything left in the air.
1: <laughs> because every everyone loves it an ending. Where's everyone loves an ending where nothing whatsoever happens? Was it raining outside? No, clear. Was it night. raining inside? Yeah. In, in my heart
0: oh, did the did the moon look down with a uh <laughs> wry expression
1: now the moon's looking down on me as it <laughs> always does um, i had I had this experience the other the day Wait, yeah. i i uh took a picture i tweeted this um I took a photo of uh, a cloud an isolated cloud in the sky. I was it's walking that picture, yeah and um I was just walking down the road. It was a beautiful day. There's this big cloud just sitting up there, all by itself. And literally, the first thing that occurred to me was, <laughs> "You think you're so fucking great? You're <laughs> not so great. You're not so great." Anyway, I, I must say something about me that I'm I'm personifying you know, weather phenomenon with clouds. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well. That stupid cloud—it's done. It's gone now. Yeah, right. Drifted out into the Atlantic.
1: Yeah, that's just sw- dead, sw- man.
0: Swirled around for a while, menaced a boat, and then <laughs> dissipated. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe they had so many different kinds of food last night. Yeah. There was some very unusual interaction, say between the asparagus and the salt in the cod, and the you know just a an odd odd mixture. <laughs> it sounds like a delicious dinner, and I want to have it because nothing's
1: like, more unusual than asparagus. M- and asparagus. mixed with salt. <laughs> asparagus no. is always unusual,
0: even if it's in its most ordinary presentation.
1: Yeah, it is. And uh of course it it's legendarily um makes your pee smell bad the next day.
0: Yeah. I don't think it's a legend.
1: No, no, it's the truth.
0: A legend is like uh well, you know what legends are. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I need an, I need an example. <laughs> I can't quite remember what legends are.
0: Well, I was I, I didn't see legend Recently, but I was at Cafe Racer uh, a couple of mornings ago for uh, coffee and a breakfast burrito. They do a, a pretty nice one. Yeah, uh, Leonard was cooking, and uh, and we were watching Labyrinth. They had Labyrinth on the TV. Yeah, movie film Labyrinth, which in my mind is almost the same thing as Legend because of the <laughs> the, uh, the 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 initial consonant. But also in the aesthetic. I think there's puppets in both. Yeah. Uh, people wearing rags, casting spells. Labyrinth is a strange movie if you haven't seen it lately.
1: I haven't seen it for a long, long time. It's very weird. <laughs> very weird. Is, it, wait, is that the one with David Bowie or is it Legend that has David Bowie in it?
0: Labyrinth has David Bowie. Legend has Tom Cruise. It does? I what happens? Does it? it? Oh, I don't know. All right, let's
1: find out. out. Is it fire, yeah. legend movie. Tom Cruise. Oh, it's a Ridley Scott movie, and it it looks like it does have Tom Cruise in it. Look at that. There a young man. It says young Tom man. Tom Cruise. M- young man must stop the Lord of Darkness. Right. Accidentally clicked on the the photo. Stop the Lord of Darkness from destroying the daylight and marrying the woman he loves. That sucks when that happens. It really does when the Lord of Darkness tries to marry your girl. It's a bummer. What have yeah. you got there? You've got a uh, book.
0: I've got a, 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 my f- James Beard's New Fish Cookery. Yep, yeah. uh, my the cookbook I use for fish-related things. I just thought I'd, I'd see what. What the index said about cod? If it had any any sleep warnings, did it have restless leg syndrome? That could be did, a cod.
1: Um, I did some twitching.
0: Well, some slight twitching.
1: I did some twitching. Yeah. Overheat. I got overheated. Tossed and turned. Muscle aches. Dreams. D- the uh, d- the intersection of dreams and reality. I was I trafficked it, in that area in that zone.
0: Was it Armenian? Cod, cod bechamel, cod benedictine, cod branada de Morin.
1: <laughs> These sound like poisons.
0: <laughs> they, it sounds like they were. Yeah. Was it a cod cake? Would you call it a cod cake that you had, or a cod ball? It was a cod ball. It was a cod puffy ball. cod ball uh, that was as, as much
1: pa- pastry as it was uh, as it was.
0: Uh, <laughs> Salt <laughs> removal. Spanish Buddy,
1: style. I don't Skype you to speak French with you.
0: Maybe it's the croquette. Let me see. We've been trying to eat more fish over here lately because it's so um, so plentiful. But just at the time that we decided, let's eat some more fish, it, it jumped in prices and it's now outrageously expensive. Oh, really? Even here where it's fresh and probably because it's it's fresh here. It's very I think
1: good. we've gotten out of the habit of uh, of eating... Uh, fish because the kids like different kinds of fish and i don't want to cook different fish for everybody and then Rian ostensibly stopped eating meat but we sort of are you know we're we eat a little meat now and then but when we do it we actually eat straight up meat and fish is sort of fallen by the wayside and i don't know why exactly yeah
0: well the salmon is very good right now here yeah the copper river salmon has come in but it's 25 bucks a pound
1: that's a lot of money.
0: Yeah. This is three of us, man. We need a pound of fish. Yeah, of course. Three quarters of a pound.
1: What's uh, what is uh um what's Oscars what are Oscars eating habits like?
0: He'll eat most anything. Yeah, we're very we're very lucky. Yeah, we that really is lucky. didn't want to have a finicky eater. He might still end up finicky. Mm-hmm. I think that starts to develop after two. But last night he had a. Uh, we, we had. Uh, dinner from uh, one of our favorite one of the best taco trucks in town that just opened up a an actual restaurant called el camion and uh we had a just kind of a sampler bunch of stuff from there and he had some tomato tamale he had just the kind of spiced rice and beans and he himself but uh, took a little you know a little uh, container of of uh, of pico de gallo and, and poured it over his his rice and beans and yeah. ate it. Most of it. Ate a quesadilla that had mushrooms in it. Not bad. Yeah. See, he'll, he he eats, eats a lot. <laughs> He's still skinny. He's very tall. Is he really? <laughs> yeah, and he might have a kind of a high metabolism, but he'll he'll eat most anything. He likes some blueberry, which we just call bloobs. Oh
1: of course. We do too. We did too. <laughs> we still do, I think.
0: Well, what else would you call them?
1: What else would you call them? Bloobs. Because it sounds like boobs, which a uh, which a young person also likes.
0: Also, old people.
1: Also, old people. It's true. <laughs> hey, hold on! I gotta let a, I gotta let a cat out of the room. Just a moment. Hi, I'm back. Good. Usually uh, our cats uh, are a little bit afraid of the studio, of the, of the room I'm in, because often I'm chasing them out of here because I, want to, I don't want them rummaging around in here while I'm not in here. But while I'm in here, I'm happy to have them as companions. And But they, can't, they haven't gotten used to the idea that it's not a, a naughty place to be. So when one of our cats, uh, I found him perched on the windowsill... Uh, I was I was working on my my other desk in the other side of the room where I'm actually writing now. Um, he had come in and was sitting on the windowsill looking at the birds outside. So I didn't want to disturb him when I started the podcast. It was a, it was nice to have him as a companion.
0: Here's a writerly question. Yeah, is it, is it easier or more difficult to write with some cats around?
1: I think it's easier to write with cats around. Easier uh,
0: to write with some cats around.
1: Yeah. Well, it depends. Pens if I'm writing on the sofa and one of the cats hops up on the sofa, he expects to be uh,
0: palpated yeah, yeah. As, as this is right, yeah.
1: Uh, and yeah. typing takes two hands, and um, cats also like to rub their faces on the edges of things. So if you have a, a laptop, I happen yeah. to have a laptop with sharp uh, aluminum corners, so oh, nice it feels good on a cat face. Uh, and so they end up stepping on the keys and knocking the thing off of my lap, and so on. But I have been using cliches. Uh, what's it?
0: They start typing in cliches and <laughs> right. too many to be forms.
1: No, the problem is the cat's writers are too original. They're avant garde. <laughs> ah. I'm writing. A, I'm trying to be more mainstream a, than that. More of
0: a fractured narrative.
1: No I've 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 transitioned into uh actual, writing in an actual desk. I have I've had a desk back here for a few years. Uh uh-huh. and I but since we moved into this house about 7 years ago I I've mostly been just writing in the living room. Uh but I realized I should I should start taking things taking this more seriously. As I've gotten into pens and notebooks, I've I've put the notebooks in a row between yeah. two um, you know, color-coded bookends. They're not color-coded mm-hmm. now. They're just a a, little, try. a row of notebooks. I and, see, and a, a you know, and a, a little tray of pens, and I've got a you know my scanner there for scanning in notes and things. Yes, I have a, a flat. Oh, that's scanner. a good idea. Yeah, so that I can have you know, I can have records of important things on my uh, that,
0: computer. That's, that's smart.
1: It's fun if you're kind of an archive nerd like I am. Yeah. It's a lot of fun to do. So now yeah. I have like a serious writerly setup with a window I in sh- front of it that I can gaze yeah. out and uh I'm I'm sitting up straight and now when the cats come in they they don't climb up on my lap. They just stay on the floor and I just can scratch one on the head, but they won't disturb my my uh-huh. tools of writing.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: So yeah. yeah, scanning notebooks. This is not this hasn't occurred to you before.
0: It hasn't. I'm a notebook. I mean, I write everything in notebooks, and then I, I, I. Uh, it's a very tedious process to type in stuff from the notebook, partly because my my handwriting is is unreadable even to me. Yeah. Um, and then I, I don't know what to do with the paper, so I end up usually throwing them away just because I don't like the clutter of them. But, but I like you, you to... throw
1: away your notebooks.
0: Oh yeah, I tear. I, I, I type in a page. I tear it out and I put it in a stack and then at the end of that typing session I throw them or recycle them um, or throw some mm. of them away and recycle some of them and, um, and almost never keep them. I've been keeping them lately because the work seems different and I a different relationship to it and I kind of want to keep it but, um, but scanning it in seems very contemporary. Yeah. We have a scanner. Yeah, use it. For more than just putting your face down on, and...
1: <laughs> it turns out you can <laughs> actually scan things besides body parts.
0: Well, so you say.
1: Although there, uh, it, there's something to be said for um, there's something to be said for uh, typing your notes up because in in, in very much in it's the way that writing to edit it. yeah and also writing them down in the first place sort of b- seats them in an area of memory and then typing them again pushes them a level down further so the ideas are are more ambient in your head um I did uh you know what I've been doing I've been reading uh, Gertrude Stein because Rian's been very interested in Gertrude Stein for um a project she's she's working on and uh so there's lots of Gertrude Stein around the house and um I'm I I suddenly I suddenly now have realized how to read her, in order to like her, which is to think of her as kind of a kind of a junk shop, where that that may that has a lot of stuff in it that you might not re- want to pick up or take home with you, but there's lots of little treasures in there to look for, um,
0: and that she's it very. T- it takes it takes a lot of junk to make a junk shop. Yeah, it takes yeah, a, sure. it, t- it takes a lot of piquant treasures. To to fill up a room, I guess. Uh, so anyway, I think, I, I think uh, Gertrude Stein is is this is this is you could say this of, of almost anybody, but I think it's really true with Stein. She's also best read best read aloud.
1: Oh, well, I am about to do that because yeah. what I ended up doing, and this is something that writers, other writers I know do, mm-hmm. that I never do, uh, and, and maybe it's something I should do now that I am I am into notebooks. I ought mm-hmm. to. I ought to actually use them for, for more things and I said I'm going to I'm going to copy out the lines of Gertrude Stein that I like from this book into my notebook. Very nice. Then they'll sort of be in my head and they'll be in my life. And uh and so then I'm I typed up a little list of favorites to send to Rian. Um but uh but here they are. I'm going to read them. These are these are from How to Write with really the Hilariously Titled non-guide to writing. Yeah. Um, Thank you for thinking of the rain. No mention of a little dog. A bishop likes a parcel. He may have a sluggish liver. I have never been so sorry about anything as I was about Friday. I made a mistake. It was my fault that my wife did not have a cow. Laughed is a word. Remarks are made. Aggregate. I land. Ate a cake. Consider a horse. A raindrop can be heard. Grammar is useless because there is nothing to say. He was neighbored by a bean. This is my favorite one here. What is a butter? A grammar loads hay onto a wagon. It is with great regret that I open the page. How do you do? She has been wearing ear rings and is wearing them now. <laughs> if they, say, why is that funny? I, I find that sentence it's so funny. Like, it's like funny. Stevens.
0: It's like it was been raining. It was uh, uh, the, the the raining line from uh, uh, the Blackbird's Pond. Which uh, which is particular construction is escaping me, but it's basically that it's that yeah. repetition. Yeah.
1: And you expect the um, you expect that the after the conjunction you're going to get a new dependent clause describing a different action, but it's the mm-hmm. same it's the same action, but temporally shifted, and that's funny. Yeah. So she has been wearing ear rings, two words, <laughs> and is wearing them now. <laughs> uh, if they sit at home, they sit on a boat. They do not like it. To please a young man, there should be sentences. <laughs> think in willows. That's all.
0: She's the best.
1: She's she's good. She's yeah. good. I, I I don't know why I resisted her in the past. Oh, because of, for
0: me it was partly other people's enthusiasms.
1: Yes, I think that's it.
0: Yeah, some people who were <laughs> some people in my youth who were really into Gertrude Stein. I did not want to be into what they were into. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and so I, I avoided, or maybe even constructed some explanation, some some strong defense as to why I didn't didn't need to pay attention to it.
1: If you're if you're cultivating a kind of immature obscurantism, Gertrude Stein is a good person to close oh, to claim yeah, she, the love.
0: People have uh, people have, have excused themselves of some very bad writing because of Gertrude Stein. Yeah, and, it, again, it's, it's from mis- from misreading Gertrude Stein. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, it's okay to be meaningless. Well, she's not meaningless. Right. I mean, she. she it's 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 very meaning deeply meaningful. In fact, mm-hmm. you know, like they, all all of those sentences were. It's very clear what they meant.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and a lot of the stuff I didn't copy out that was less yeah. interesting to me was uh, repetition or or subtle rewordings of the same sentence over and over again. She, the, it's you know, it's the, but that's a big part of reading her. I think is that is the uh, and I'm talking like an expert now. I've only read a couple of books at first, but well, I you are an English to. professor. Yeah. It's true,
0: it's true. I am We're certified. The of the
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, but she's the, it's the um, the spectacle of a writer. Amusing herself by working through the structure of language, and um, I I, uh, once I once I started imagining her chuckling at her desk. (laughs) I God knows if she actually did that. And I I bet it was
0: a well. It was a well chuckled. It was even probably a chortled at desk.
1: (laughs) rian has been uh, researching her and Alice's lives, and has uh, I actually asked her last night. Did Did Gertrude laugh at herself while? Writing does alice say anything about that and she said that alice usually or uh, gertrude usually wrote at night when alice was asleep in a different room so she would know uh so maybe she wouldn't know but i have to imagine have to imagine occasionally she would hear she would hear the sound of <laughs> chortling coming <laughs> drifting in from the studio
0: hyena like laughter <laughs> yeah. in the night. even. <laughs> i hope she cracked herself up <laughs> It Cracks me up. The, my my way into her was was finally. Um, I think also I maybe mean, the, the the samples that had been given to me in, in class or something were were being used for such didactic purposes that I I, I resisted them. But then I read uh, at some point Tender Buttons. Sure. Uh, and I was like, oh, all right, this is fantastic. Yeah, this is great. And Ben ran, read aloud is is uh, the repetitions work even better. Yeah, I bet. Aloud. You know, I just did this this thing with Ann Carson a couple of weeks ago, and it was partly her, you know, <clears throat> responding to uh, a tribute to, to Stein uh, to the point that she had four Gertrude Steins on. Four people per- portraying Gertrude Stein on stage. <laughs> her, it was two lectures of hers uh, that Anne had written that were pretty serious, uh, straight ahead, just prose about uh, an, an uncle and then about her, her, her father. Um, with some you know connections being made to things, but pretty you know pretty straight ahead. Um, but then they kept getting interrupted by these four Gertrude Steins that would <laughs> would sort of repeat and riff and and lead astray whatever uh, order she was trying to you know maintain with her sort of level headed prose. Yeah, and in, the, uh, in talking about it afterwards, she said that uh, um, you know. Uh, Someone in the question and answer asked, asked you know, uh, asked something along the lines of, How important is Gertrude Stein to you? And she said, Well, you know, how. Something like, Well, she she might not be important to somebody who hasn't read her, but if you've read her, you're changed. Uh, for writer. If you've read her, you can't help but be um, transformed. Sure. You know, one could probably operate without Gertrude Stein at all, but, <laughs> but. But why would one? She's like, like 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 the chicken pox virus, you know. Once it's once it's in you, it'll it'll uh, um, it'll it'll, it'll, it'll it, it, it becomes a part of you, and will will have all sorts of different effects.
1: Uh, that writer for me is Donald Barthelme. Um, he's yeah. he's the guy I cannot get out of my head. That the and it's not just a matter of what his stories are about, or even um, his uh, the kinds of things he uh, was preoccupied with. Uh, or the plots of his stories, or the characters of his stories, but just the 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 um, the the rhythm of him, yeah. you know, the uh, the way one thought leads to the next. Uh, his I don't know. I just I hear him in my head more often than maybe any other writer of fiction that that I've admired. Yeah. yeah. You know, but I can see how Stein would be like that for a lot of people, especially poets. Um. But, uh, but, but but for anyone, really. So such I'm going to continue.
0: Uh, such as an Ernest Hemingway or a F. Scott Fitzgerald, for example. Yes. Um, I sent you. Yeah, I got it in front link link of me here. To uh, um, the strange little essay by Heinrich von Kleist. Yes. About 1800. Von Kleist. Von Kleist. Uh, fiction writer. This is not fiction. Uh, have you ever read Von Kleist? No. We're, we're a little novella called Michael Kohlhaas K O L H L H A S S About a horse trader who goes mad And, and rav- ends up ravaging cities with his rage The That's Earthquake it. in Chile A number of really fine short stories German romantic He's He's very good I think he's been oh. been lucky in, in recent years to have had good translators into contemporary English.
1: I'm going to go so. ahead and order this this um this, this part that book is part of this great um, the series of what's that? Go ahead. Uh, it's part of this great series of Art of the Notes from Melville House. It's their um, Art of the Novella series. Uh-huh they mm-hmm. have these incre- you know the kind of book cover i would i really long to have one day which is just the name of the writer and the name of the work um in a, in a, in a bit, pleasant color In a bold yeah. font yeah so um so i'll put this
0: in the notes which is it the uh, is it the is it Michael Kohlhaas? Michael is Kohlhaas, it, oh, yeah yeah That's good there's also a nice uh, collected uh, selected prose by uh, that archipelago books puts out
1: yeah uh, we've uh, talked about them before i like them
0: they're great they're incredible, yeah.
1: The Waitress was new.
0: Yeah. Their Von Kleist volume is, is nice. Good. And this essay is in that. I think that's, I sent you just what I could find of it online. Okay. Um, but this was a, a Joshua Beckman, a really fine poet, a friend of mine who uh, is one of the co editors of Wave Books, which is headquartered here in Seattle along with Matthew Sapruder. Okay. Uh, he was going around giving a series of lectures. This uh, lectureship, the Bagley Wright lectures in poetry. There's been six or seven lectures around the country, Uh, which is to sort of promote criticism. Uh, And he came here and gave a nice talk on, um, well, I'm not sure. I wasn't taking notes. I can't remember what the title of it was. Uh, at one point, he said that there was uh, there was a man saying words
1: asking, in front of a crowd. That's all you what, know.
0: What, what are you working on? A, we're working on a lecture about clouds. I think that's <laughs> this is what it turned into. <laughs> but uh, a lot of it was about um, uh, the. F- was borrowing from this this lecture, uh, which is which is this essay from von Kleist, which is called "On the Gradual Construction of Thoughts During Speech," and that's what I'm and looking at here. Another the form the forming of thoughts. Um, you know, during while speaking. Right. Sort of having to uh, put together your, your ideas as you're, as you're talking as opposed to composing them beforehand and saying them, uh, both in conversation and, and in sort of public speech, political speech and uh, in, in, in literary work, uh, making an argument for it, that it's a particular category of, of, uh, of, of thinking that happens while talking. Right. Um, um, and uh, even connecting it to poetry for for von Kleist, he says that it's one of the reasons why we we, we often end up saying things that surprise us with their intelligence and, and, and warmth uh, in in conversation or you know impromptu speaking. As you know, it's, uh, behind it is there's this the fear and risk that you're going to say nothing at all or freeze or you know. But there's something that happens between people's faces. There's this, uh, there's a natural warmth between people that uh, uh, that allows for the brain to work in a certain way. Yeah, um, uh, and uh, you know, it leads to you know what he says are kind of you know, really kind of the the heights of of our thinking. Um, will read some of it. He says, if, if there is something you want to know and cannot discover by meditation, then, my dear ingenious friend, I advise, I advise you to discuss it with the first acquaintance whom you happen to meet. He need not have a sharp intellect, nor do I mean that you should question him on the subject. No, rather, you yourself should begin by telling it all to him. I can see you opening your eyes wide at this and replying that in former years you were advised never to talk about anything that you do not already understand. That's great, right?
1: Yeah, this is like a defense of mansplaining.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. What do you think about this for a title for my next book? Uh, mansplaining couch lock. <laughs> is this? Are you serious? Uh, not not entirely, but it's the it's the only title I come up with that that, that Jill seems to like. <laughs> Probably because both terms were new to her, particularly couch lock.
1: I don't know what couch lock is. What is that? Couch
0: lock is when you have uh, some pot that is so good that it locks you to your couch. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get up. That's uh, cliché uh, that uh, enough term I... that it's 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 a, I think a a kind of brand name in commercial marijuana. <laughs> <It> couch <counts> lock. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that great?
1: Yeah, it is good. Anyway, keep reading.
0: Uh, but I, I I was at a bus stop and I I I just I encountered a bro mansplaining couch lock to a defenseless young woman. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so this is, you know, I was advised never to talk about anything that you do not already understand. But in those days, however, when you were a child, you probably spoke with the pretentious purpose of enlightening others. I want you to speak with the reasonable purpose of enlightening yourself. And it is possible that each of these rules of conduct, different as they are, will apply in certain cases. Uh, As the French say, um uh you know i i i make myself hungry by eating um and this maxim holds true and parodied into and i make myself think by talking yeah
1: well that's i mean that's that's how everything gets done for me i mean and, and i feel like you know the a lot of writers don't like to talk about work in progress but I cannot write without talking about work in progress um, with to anyone who will listen, simply because I don't know what the hell I'm doing, and no. uh, by explaining it to other people and this, them sitting there and appearing receptive to it, I, I'm able to figure stuff out. Sometimes it, all it takes is just a word or two from my interlocutor like, cuter, to solve a problem for me. It's usually Rin, but it could be any number of, of chums who I gab with.
0: Yeah. Talking, uh, I, mean, I think, you know, I, I'm a slow thinker and a slow talker. Yeah, uh, it might be uh, difficult to listen to on a podcast sometimes. Because <laughs> I'll start a sentence five or six different ways and then not finish it. <laughs>
1: That's not hard uh, to listen to. That's just hard to transcribe, which is not something we're... Yeah. Uh, uh, but it's...
0: it's Leading to, for, for me and anybody else, to, you know, informing in of thoughts while speaking. It is a messy process. Uh, it doesn't look good when written down. Um, but the, the product of it is that maybe every fifth or sixth sentence is actually quite clear and direct and surprising, at least to me. Yeah. Uh, something that I'm, I would not have arrived at um, in meditation and contemplation of, uh, at the notebook,
1: you know. Sure. Do you, do you ever give um have you given and I ask this because I I do every year and um I was just working on one some kind of craft talk or craft lecture uh not a not a reading from your poetry but a discussion of some aspect of craft
0: I have I have done so
1: And and so do you have a boilerplate approach to preparing one of these talks do you do you write it do you write it like an essay beforehand and then read it or do you Write it like I an essay, to, and then back off and turn it into notes, and then riff. Or do you do it off the cuff, off of notes? How do you do I it?
0: Did, like the way I do all kind of public speaking is I just I try to outline it, you know, on you know on an index card or something beforehand, and then riff from that. Yeah. There's a, um, I, I would compose a, a full essay and, and just read it um but I, I feel like to to do so I would have to be paid <laughs> right <laughs> i'm I'm serious, and yeah. I would love to do that um but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do that shit for free, yeah, because yeah. it's hard
1: yeah i understand and and, and
0: and i I might not get anything out of it
1: i uh the the first craft talk I gave that I wrote down every word of was one I was being paid pretty well for um at the uh at the Conversations and Connections conference in Philadelphia last fall, which is which I recommend to everyone, it was a really fun conference, a fun crowd, um, and I gave this keynote address um, about uh, influences. But um, I usually at Colgate University, where I do the conference every summer, I usually do a kind of hybrid thing where I I write out a few paragraphs, but mostly I just have notes. Like I'll have I a paragraph that I want to read and then I'll have a bunch of notes to say, talk about
0: this, talk about this other thing. Have I seen one of those? Are those recorded? They're
1: all on YouTube.
0: On YouTube. Yeah. I've I've watched those of yours. They seem fully composed.
1: They're usually not, uh, although this year I seem to have fully composed one, and I'm wondering if that is a demerit, if maybe I should back off of that a little and maybe just read it three or four times the day before I give it and internalize it and then colloquialize it, yeah. opening, opening it up for you know new ideas. Because a lot of the stuff, I often think of good stuff when I'm standing in front of 50 people T- talking off of a piece of paper, I suddenly yeah. get ideas that I ought to have thought of when I was writing the damn thing.
0: Yeah, the forming, the forming of thoughts and speech.
1: Exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. Also, in the essay, he, s- he suggested it's it's uh, this uh the, the the root of that what allows you to think that way is has to do with with human warmth. Is you feel encouraged to think more clearly because of the human interaction? Yeah. The, the root of it is is one of of, of you know friendship and friendliness, yeah, which but, I think is a very dear idea.
1: It's it's a wonderful idea, but I think it's um, less accessible to some people than it is to others. That is to say, not people are incapable of human warmth, but that in that context, one in which you are delivering a talk. Uh, social anxiety is extremely powerful. And it's, it's hard to get into that space where you think of your audience as being friendly rather than hostile.
0: Someone like Jill, my wife, who is brilliant, but does not like to talk in front of people. Yeah. Right? There are a lot of people who, for whom the, the anxiety of speaking in front of a crowd is, is, is one of the most terrifying things they can think of. And I think that, that we all want to get away from the crowd um, uh, from the, the the pressures of talking in front of a group. I think even those of us who enjoy it, and I rather enjoy it. Um, but maybe I, the way that I've found to flee the situation is through, is through the talking, yeah. right? Put yourself in front of a crowd of people and instead of running away from them, talk yourself away from them, <laughs> right? I mean, talk some part of yourself away through rhetoric and composition you know yeah. create structures yeah. to hide behind rhetorical structures
1: so you, it's funny though but you're talking about it as uh as an escape from rather than a connection with yet i've seen you talk extemporaneously to a group of people and it's you are making connections with them explain this contradiction it's Goog.
0: i i'll just let it stand Okay. I'll let it resolve itself in clouds and cod. Uh, can I read a poem to you? Yeah, by whom? Franz Wright. All right. Are you familiar with Franz Wright? A little bit.
1: Yeah. You've uh, you've encouraged me to read him before. Is this uh, something on that's on the internet that our listeners can find?
0: Well, you know it it it, it is. Although I'm well, I'm. Reading it from is from a Google Books page, which I feel dirty about. Okay. Because Why? it's a recent book. Well, because it's a recent book, and one should be able to buy it, and they're not... I don't know I don't know if, if the text should even be available. Oh, I see. I see. Um, in, in what's this, the name of the form. poem? Uh, the poem is called History. It's from his book Kinder Totenwald. Title that scares me. Excellent. But, uh, but for which I believe he won the Pulitzer a few years ago, the poem is called History, that's a prose poem, I own a black shirt that once belonged to Frank Stanford, rather it was given into my care, I had this honor, it was presented to me in San Francisco one morning in June of 1980, three months after my father's death in New York. Later that same day, I went on a long walk, in hopes of locating the Douglas Elementary School where I had attended fourth grade in 1961. Finally, I turned a corner, and there it was. My school, however, the street on which it stood, and the neighborhood itself had grown so much smaller. It would have made more sense if they had gotten larger. So great was the deterioration in myself, As I climbed the last block, I practically tripped over the body of an enormous ivory owl, its wings spread there on the sidewalk, perfectly intact, its eyes closed as though sleeping in flight. I should say, parenthetically, that I hold no one to blame if they refuse to believe this. I had a lot of trouble believing it myself. I was wearing Frank's shirt at the time. A poet should always be wearing some black, he once said according to the friend who had given it to me in return i plucked one feather for her there are three worlds we 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 know them as the three words present future and past and from here it looked like i was standing for a minute at the age of 27 in all three of them at once anyway that i stood there is a fact beyond dispute even if it is only briefly recorded somewhere in the infinite pages of the history of unnoticed events the shirt has grown too small for me it is like the shirt of a good child i keep it in a special drawer folded formally like a flag and have always done so in the many different places i have lived over the years it helps me taking it out at this point my opinion is that a poet should carry death's imminence with him at all times. The way a priest might, the way a priest might his black book of extremely small Psalms. <laughs> uh,
1: that, uh, that, that, uh, that moment, there are three worlds is so good. So good. And it good. happens. It's actually, it's act three of the, of the, of the poem. Mm-hmm. Right, right around the right time for that to happen. Um, this is those for people listening to this this is a, a block of a block of text it's a paragraph mm-hmm. um, is this entire book uh, prose poems would you call these prose poems
0: um, yeah I would call them prose poems
1: I would have I would have if you hadn't told me this was a book of poems I would regard it as a, a book of essays that might be
0: fictional yeah well that's that's um, that's 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 a, that's a, the thing that you might have written in pieces for the left hand, kind of It's, that, it's that a little milder. more a,
1: it's a little more abstract than than my stuff, but um, but a a, a version a more ambitious version of me right might write something mm-hmm. like this, and I'm and in fact I might after I get this book in the mail and uh, begin to read it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, it's a great it's a great book. Franz writes his his reception is. Is uh, affected very much by his difficult personality. <laughs> Tell me about that. Well, he's he's the son of James Wright. Okay, the, the okay, poet. okay. Um, and he, like his father, has struggled um, all, all his life with um, some mental instability and substance abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe even even to this day, uh, judging from his writing, and I believe he's I believe he's I, I don't. I don't know this I, I, uh, for sure. I, th- I think he's, he's he's had a bad spell of health lately. Um, and and he, I think, uh, unfortunately, in our, in our digital age, has sometimes taken to, um, much like Bill Knott, uh, the digital fora in um, uh, unfortunate, cranky ways. Um, he's yeah. you know, kind of written some maybe poorly considered maybe very well considered letters to the editor of poetry magazine for example that they had the bad taste to publish a few years ago um which uh which if you only encounter those you would not be interested in what he has to say otherwise yeah um which would mean that you had not read his poetry, in which case you would understand that this is one of the great living poets and and, and perhaps one of the more sensitive and delicate souls um, in our country uh, and the, the poetry is unerringly beautiful and and, and wounding uh, and, and and affecting
1: i think it's I think smart. broadly speaking our uh, we, write, we writers our our personalities tend not to do us a lot of favors. Yeah. Yeah. Our inter- interface with the world in anything but book form is yeah. usually a is usually disastrous. But, I told uh, you uh, I told you about getting that email from Bill Knott didn't I? Some time of, a year or two ago, because so. I, I know, he he, he had sent me I guess because I was listed as the director of a creative writing program had sent me a big uh-huh. box of self published books.
0: Right? Yeah, he had the, with the um, as he's been as he did in his last ten or fifteen years. Yeah, so just, I didn't realize... photocopy was that. a bunch of them and staple them together and write the title yeah. in Crayola on the cover.
1: <laughs> they were actually nicer than that. They were perfect bound. He was having like a Kinko's, you know, turn them into like book-looking books. Oh, okay, and, right. Um, but, uh, so I put a... I tweeted, and I confess, somewhat snarkily, uh, I said something like, uh, for some reason, Bill Knott has just sent me a big box of books. Anyone at Cornell, please stop by my office if you'd like one. And I, I meant it quite earnestly i kept a few for myself and then you know i figured my graduate students would want to read a bunch of them he, and he emailed me within about 20 minutes he's got he mm-hmm. must have had i
0: think he had the google alert yeah oh.
1: he must have had a google Jones. alert and he's like what do you mean for some reason here's my reason and he, it was a long email and i was like no I, I i it's totally legit it just i said i it's a bit of an unusual way to distribute your work and i was referring to that but i apologize and uh you know i'm delighted to have them to have the books. I still have a bunch of them that, because yeah. he sent multiple copies of many. Um but it's funny there's there is a I think there's a desperation in the way all of us attempt to interface with the world and uh even if we manage to do it in a fairly smooth appearing way we're screaming inside with everything we put on the internet or so, read yeah. in public. But um but uh yeah I, I uh I'm I'm going to I've I'm going to read this book. Um uh the title means Forest of Dead Children?
0: Forest of Dead Children. Yeah. Or uh, Children Dead Children Dead Forest <laughs> directly.
1: It, you know, it reminds me a little bit of um, uh, chunks of novel from a Thomas Bernhard
0: book. Yeah. Yeah. His yeah. Thomas Bernhard short it, it, shorts it,
1: it, are are more like mine, mostly yeah. because I ripped him off, but um but uh, his novels have these, have these chunks that they, they'll swing from the specific to the philosophical without a paragraph break, and I, mm. I like that. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's a good connection. Want to hear another one?
1: Yeah, let's hear one more.
0: This is called um, To Myself. You are riding the bus again, burrowing into the blackness of Interstate 80. The sole passenger with an overhead light on. And I'm with you. I'm the interminable fields you can't see. The little lights off in the distance. In one of those rooms we are living. And I'm the rain. And the others all around you. And the loneliness you love. And the universe that loves you specifically, maybe. And the catastrophic dawn. The nicotine crawling on your skin. And when you begin to cough, I won't cover my face. And if you vomit this time, I will hold you. Everything's going to be fine, I will whisper. It won't always be like this. I'm going to buy you a sandwich.
1: <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good.
0: Isn't that good? It's more than good. Yeah.
1: Oh, man. All right, you sent me that link. I'll I'll put it in the notes. Yeah, that's great. Well, I've been thinking
0: of, of him in these poems as, as I'm I, either coming to the middle or the end of, of, of a manuscript of poems and thinking, man, I, I, I am, these poems I'm writing are some trifling poems compared to what Franz Wright is doing. <laughs> and, I, and I'm trying to find some way for them to be less trifling.
1: That that way, madness lies. Though I mean, they, well, fi- finding the finding the line between uh, using other writers' excellence to challenge yourself and improve your work, and also, you know, on the other hand, to make yourself feel terrible
0: and useless. Yeah. But well, at a, least a, I still feel like no matter even if I don't make it, I think I'll feel better than Thras right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. I think on my worst day. I mean, not I mean, maybe you know. To some degree, it may all be, you know, performance, but that uh, uh, seemed like it. Um, so I don't know. The only thing of great uh, interest that happened this week was really that uh, um, Joshua Beckman lecture, which uh, uh, led me to, to take a look again at this von Kleist essay and to think about von Kleist, this forming of thoughts while speaking, uh, which is. Uh, what I've really gotten out of doing this podcast with you is is having to, you know I, we, I don't really yeah me too prepare you know yeah uh, but I feel it's part of the importance of doing it in Skype so it's face to face yes Sometimes we've had to do it by just by audio because of my my connection has been poor and uh, uh, you could probably one one could in a universe where one had all the time of the world you could probably listen to the those podcasts and figure out which ones had FaceTime and which were just <laughs>
1: phone calls. I actually had a, a friend who I talked to on the phone every couple of weeks and have for years. Um, called me up uh, a few weeks ago, and I answered, as I always do, by pushing the little you know the little button on the screen of the phone. And so, and but it turns out she had FaceTimed me mm-hmm. unexpectedly instead of instead of ca- ca- calling me. And uh, I was taken by surprise. I, of course, was not. I was not properly primed to be seen right. by a friend. But, um, but I laughed out loud when I realized that I was actually looking at this. Was this is a uh, you? You know Beth Rogers. Right. I was actually looking at her face. She has a very expressive face, and I think I do too. So uh, it was so much fun. I think we're going <laughs> to do this again because there. I think most of my friends don't like to Skype, uh, and. Uh, would prefer to talk on the phone, but I think that there's something special about Skype. There's something special about it. Nice to see somebody's face. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Without the inconvenience of actually occupying the same space as them.
0: Yeah, just just no smells, <laughs> no touching. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, it's the only way I can get you. I can get you down to a manageable size. You're yeah. not. You're not six foot six. You're right. you're one. <laughs> right. You're you're an inch and, right. and a half tall.
0: Yeah, I'll keep. Yeah. Hey there, keep, you are little guy. No, keep your hand, keep your hey there. hands away from the lens. All right, all right, <laughs> all right. Um, anything bigger this week for you? Sounds like you're you're in a good a good uh, good groove.
1: I'm in a good place. I it is two weeks until Back in the New York groove.
0: As yeah. uh, is that Ace Frehley solo album. I have no, I have no idea. Do you, do you know the reference? No. You know, back in the Dickord groove,
1: I never had the uh, I never had the solo album. So these the ones where they all they all came out at the same time and they had their yeah. faces on the. Yeah, yeah I, I I didn't have those records.
0: I I I I need to know right now if if I'm if I'm right that that's the Ace Frehley solo album. <laughs> okay, find out.
1: While you're looking, I, I will say. I've, it's two weeks until the the Colgate conference starts so and I don't read the manuscripts until two weeks ahead of time otherwise I will forget them entirely. Um, so the next two weeks are going to consist of writing in the morning and, and working on these manuscripts in the afternoon and uh, I, ha- I didn't I haven't dared look at them yet. I don't know if they're going to be like. That's my plan. You find it
0: Well I found the, the, the lyrics which are fantastic.
1: Would you like to read them aloud? The lyrics to Ace Frehley's Back in the New York Groove.
0: Oh, it might even be the Catman. No, it's Ace. It's not called the Catman, is he? It's, uh, well, yeah, you know, the lyrics are back in the New York Groove, New York Groove. Uh, many years since I was here on the street, I was passing my time away to the left and to the right. Buildings towering out of the sky. It's out of sight in the dead of night. Here I am, in the city with a fistful of dollars, and baby, you better believe, I'm back. Back in the New York groove, repeated several times. (laughs) Back my Cadillac. Wicked lady sitting by my side, saying, where are we? Stopped at 3rd and 43rd, exit through the night. It's going to be ecstasy. This place was meant for me. It feels so good tonight. Who cares about tomorrow? You better believe. I'm back in the New York groove yeah that's good. The lyrics are modest and the tune is terrible, but it's catchy. you ought to
1: um you ought to supplement your poetry readings just randomly slip in lyrics to kiss songs
0: I should I know them uh, what's what's one my, my favorite uh you really like my limousine you like the way the wheels roll you like my seven inch leather heels and coming to all of our shows but do you love me do you love me I mean now do you do you love me do you love me do you love me <laughs> that's beautiful that's, like, that's like, I think a, 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 a well-made song actually yeah it's called do you love me
1: yeah and it's it's uh it's creatively
0: and jammed yeah well so a little friends right little kiss yeah little lucky.
1: nothing wrong with that so uh, again again same time next week my friend sounds good to me alright talk to you till soon then. bye bye are you hungry for lunch well then let's have lunch do you want some lunch well then we'll give you some lunch do you have a hankering for lunch well then come It's time for lunch box with Ann and John.